was actually thinking about that where I was like, <laughs> like how much, <laughs> like I don't think we do anything that's <laughs> over the top and like too crass, you know, mm -hmm. but I was like, how much can I push it towards like this? This is just making me unemployable. This is making <laughs> nobody want to ever work with me ever, <laughs> like even in a freelance basis where it's like. <laughs> No, I think you're okay there. I really do. Like even me go, going on my like schizophrenic rants about persona and you know astral projection and all my weird shit. That's like how much of this is making me seem like a crazy person locked in his room just shouting into the void. I mean, um, so there is that, but. Um, <laughs> I just think if you're not being like offensive, um, and you yeah. know, and you don't have yeah. like shitty takes on things that could hurt people, then I think you're fine, which, you know. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I think I avoid that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And honestly, a lot of those people I see have well paying jobs. So, <laughs> right, right. They get, they get paid for the, the awful things they say. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, hey, what's up? This is Dead and Road Show. This is episode 70. Um, I'm kind of in a weird mood. I'm I'm on very little sleep, uh, and I'm afraid to so, speak during this podcast now. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're you're being censored. I have <laughs> censored by the government. <laughs> I won't get into it. Uh, I won't get yeah, into it. what happened to the First Amendment, man? I'm gonna go on a. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm in a weird mood. Um. I was uh I was thinking like as I was struggling to like fall asleep at like six AM this morning, that's how late I was up or how early I was up, whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, you've already transitioned into the next day at that point. Exactly, yeah. Uh I was thinking, like, have you noticed that like and this isn't in the notes, so I'm just bringing this on you and I'm sorry. Uh like how people are just kinda like off now. No, but maybe if you elaborate a little bit. <laughs> Like, like things are just a little, a little off kilter, like the way that people are acting and the things that they're saying are just like kind of, kind of not making sense. Like you kind of need to like parse what people are saying instead of just like being able to sort of understand them immediately. Who, who are these people? Like, like online, you know, or, or just like something, something seems off. Like the, like the fabric of reality is like shifted like a degree you know what i mean yeah i'm not hiring you yeah okay that's fine that's <laughs> no but but really though i i don't quite understand like you need to you need to work to like figure out like like people just seem like like crazy but like not full-blown crazy like they're like um a step towards jokerification oh no you know what i mean okay all right do you well, have like an example not no not specifically no i don't are you just missing references that online that you just don't understand you're like what are these people talking no about? i don't think so like like their syntax is like kind of like it's not it's not quite gibberish but like you need to like work out well if you come across completely. A, a, a concrete example i'd, I'd love to hear it because i'm curious okay okay maybe 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 i'll have a better example for next okay. week but like i was just kind of thinking about this like people seem people seem a little off like something's something's happened i don't know something in the air maybe it's like your corner um, of the internet that you're on maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later mm -hmm. um but yeah i want to transition into a uh dead wrong real quick it's false no way not this time we created it not this time which I might I might have a problem with this segment this week. Yeah, well, so I wanted to uh, I, I did a lot of reorganization of the notes 
uh, some of it last minute. Um, but anyway, this first one, uh, we did a live show last week. You can check out the archive on youtube.com. Uh, just do a search for Denaro TV and you'll get it there. Uh, give us a subscription, by the way. That'll help us out a whole lot. Uh, clips and archives and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so during the live show, um, we did a, a TikTok where we, uh, we, oh, we did TikTok, Jesus Christ. We, we did a segment where we, uh, you know, we watched some TikToks. Um, I completely forgot that I had some TikToks there and they were even in the notes. I just like completely forgot about I, it. I forgot too. I um, looked at the notes afterwards. I was like, oh no, we, we didn't get to those. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> and normally it's like, oh, whatever. Why am I even bringing this up? But here's how, here's how nuts I am. And here's how whack my sleep We've is. We've established this uh, already. I know, but this is another example. <laughs> uh, so the, we did the show on Friday and then like I pretty much immediately went to bed because we ended like at 10, 1030 or whatever. Um, and then so I went to bed I, and then I fell asleep, whatever. And then I woke up sometime in the middle of the night and I was like, we didn't do those TikToks. <laughs> like, I, like I woke like, <laughs> like it like, like interrupted my sleep. Like my brain was still like in show mode. And I was like, shit, we didn't we didn't get to those TikToks. I was like, oh, those are so good. I had to, I had to save them. I have to, you know, I was like still already pre-planning next shows. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I blame Drake for that one. So that uh, was his fault. Um, so tune in next month. So yeah, these, I'm assuming <laughs> these TikToks require the uh, visual component. They do. Okay, they do. So we'll save those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're highly visual. Um, this next one. And so I also want to, so here's the other thing. So this segment, um, I kind of want to also make it like uh, not necessarily things that we were wrong about or mistakes that we've made or things that we fucked up in the show. I also want to make it sort of the update segment uh, of okay. uh, things, things that we previously talked about, because sometimes we save that for like the end of the show. Um, and I don't necessarily know if that makes sense. So uh, that's why I sort of moved this next one. up. Got it. Yeah. Um, and so so also during the live show, we talked about the um, the chess cheating scandal with uh, here's another unemployable thing, the anal beads and that whole thing that we quickly realized was just a fucking Reddit joke that made its way into headlines. Um, so we do have an update on that uh, and I'll let you take that over. Yeah. So we talked about, um, the Magnus Carlson and Neiman scandal, if you want to call it a scandal controversy. And mm -hmm. we, we also touched on how Carlson, uh, while he did, you know, show up to a match and resign immediately and, and you are supposed to imply some sort of statement from that. He did not actually explicitly accuse Neiman of, of cheating at chess, um, um, but as of a few days ago, that changed uh, when Carlson came out with a statement on Twitter. Um, my issue with this statement, though, is that he does accuse Neiman of cheating, but he doesn't give very convincing evidence or any sort of proof. Um, he, di he didn't really give any evidence. He just kind of said, yeah, he's a cheater. I, I know he's a cheater. Yes. You know, I'm paraphrasing. So there's but... I have it in front of me here. There's one paragraph mm -hmm. where he does where he makes the accusation. I want to just read it uh, verbatim. Mm -hmm. So he says, I believe that Neiman has cheated more and more recently than he has publicly admitted. His over-the-board progress has been unusual. And throughout our game at the Sinkafield Cup, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, I had the impression that he wasn't tense or even fully concentrating on the game in critical positions while outplaying me as black in a way I think only a handful of players can do. This game contributed to changing my perspective. So you're saying he's he's good and he's 
that's composed. The, yeah, that's the impression I got. Like, okay, so I had the impression that he wasn't tense or even fully concentrating. How could you know that? How could you know that for sure? Right. I mean, who's to say how someone handles their like composure and, and body language in a chess match, right? Especially someone yeah. who you haven't really encountered much before because this person is fairly new to the, I guess, to the professional chess world, right? Right. He's only 19. He's only 19. And then the next part says um, that he outplayed Carlson uh, as the black pieces in a way that he thinks only a handful of players can do. So, again, you're you're just saying that he's he was outplaying you. That doesn't mean he was cheating. Yeah. Um, I want to go. I want to go back to the um, like his his demeanor thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just has like a good poker face. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and so, yeah. and so was this instance? Was this instance an an in person or was this a, a virtual match? I am almost positive it was an in person match. Yeah. So they're sitting across uh, so, the you know across the table from each other. So how could he possibly like what is the what is the mechanics of cheating in that instance? I would imagine it is some sort of device that would sort of allow input on the the moves that are being made and this is just me kind of riffing like i don't exactly know how yeah yeah yeah. but so if you had a device hidden away and you were inputting the moves that were being made by carlson and that device was signaling back to you like what the best move in response would be in that scenario like you're basically using uh, an engine to combat carlson um which like there's no there's no implication in the statement by carlson of of that sort of device or anything right that, that's like that's like so complicated it really like, is it, it, it would make more sense if this was a virtual match you know and you could say that he was using a computer on a second monitor you know or something like that to to input moves and you know yada 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 Right. But if this was an in-person match and to say that, like, he he, he was using a computer to, like, find the best move, like, how, how is that being relayed? Does he have somebody else? Is he using a tiny little Bluetooth you can't see in his ear? Like, what is the mechanics of this? It's so it's so much. I know. And there is that wrinkle in the story where Neiman, when he was younger, uh, cheated on chess.com and has been banned from from play on chess.com. But, you know, that's a different circumstance, different scenario entirely. Yeah. Um, I, I will mention. So later on in the statement, uh, Car- uh, Carlson goes on to say, so he's there is more that I would like to say. Unfortunately, at this time, I am limited in what I can say without explicit permission from Neiman to speak openly. Uh, so far, I have only been able to speak with my actions, and those actions have stated clearly that I am not willing to play chess with Neiman. I hope that the truth on this matter comes out, whatever it may be. Uh, so, yeah, very vague. Nothing to really take from that. Um, the, yeah, that I take as some sort of defense against defamation. Mm, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a fucking lawyer. No. No, but I can see that by any stretch. But if he says something that he can't necessarily prove and that um, Neiman takes offense to, then he could be liable for, you know, some kind of defamation and he could be taken to court. But if Neiman decides to give him permission to speak or whatever, then, you know, a lawyer could say that this can't be defamation if he allowed him to say whatever he wants. Right. Sure. Um, And I don't know if that's like actually the, the how the the law would function but that's the 
that's the sort of sense that I'm getting from why he said that. Um, yeah, because if you have legitimate proof, then why would you need Neiman to sign off? Like, I don't know. It, right. It, 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 what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, unfortunately, this has the, the news cycle has uh, continued on with this chess saga, with this statement here. You know, there's no end to this in sight. Um, maybe we'll get more clarity, but I, I'm not convinced by this, this, this statement from Carlson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without any proof, it's just like you're going to take this dude at his word to be like, he's cheating. I believe he's cheating. And, you know, that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, based on okay. body language and him outplaying you. I'm, I'm sorry that you. I, we need more than that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know if this dude like has a fan base that he's just trying to, you know, rile up or whatever in the chess world uh but yeah it, it, well it's that's uh, yeah. the other thing that's so that makes this story so intriguing for a lot of people is that carlson has the highest chess rating of all time a lot of people will call him the greatest chess player of all time so okay. you know like in that context it's just this is all so strange mm -hmm. but uh yeah we'll we'll have to see we might come back to this there's sure. more information but uh <laughs> i did declare myself a neiman fan at the end of the live stream so <laughs> you know maybe i'll be having to take that back down the road but at the moment you know i don't see yeah, any i guess I we'll see, see yeah i think i think we need a little proof i think we need something we do we do or at least or at least a more concrete allegation of the hows and whys for sure how i cheated even even if it was like uh um a a more a more concrete like chess mechanics like like what moves specifically you know mm -hmm. like even something like that it's still so very vague um, I'd have to imagine so, there yeah. are chess streamers on Twitch that have analyzed their match mm, over yeah, and over yeah, and likely. are probably going over those exact things. Um, but I just I mm -hmm. haven't seek that out. Sure, 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 sure. Um, next up, uh, we have another uh, infrequent segment uh, that we sometimes do. Uh, worst beats in the world. I don't have any uh, introduction for this. I have to make something. Uh, so you found some stuff, I guess. Yes, I took it upon myself to run one of your segments. Um, yeah. We'll see how this goes here. So I came across this remix on TikTok, um, and I couldn't just have it to myself. I needed to share it. Mm, okay. I need the suffering to be passed along. In fact, this might be one of those curses where it's like in order to rid yourself of it, you need to give it to somebody else. Not like the ring. Yeah, okay. yeah. Great, yeah. Um, let me pull it up here. I am on the wrong page. Okay, so this comes via Jack Rindrod on TikTok, uh, who reposted this YouTube clip of a remix of Sweet Caroline. Oh, God. Yeah, so I was trying, I was, I don't think you could hear me, but there were, I didn't get any of the audio on that. I'm not sure if that was like just on my end or uh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. I'll see if that's better. Um, I really don't want to play it yeah, again. Yeah, but, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Shit.
<laughs> and what's so beautiful about this is I think this was done like in earnest. I think this was not like a, it's not, it's not really? bad on purpose. I really don't have the impression that's bad on purpose. Ah, the like slightly, slightly auto-tuned vocal mm-hmm. on, why would you, why would you need to auto-tune an original? To fit the vibe, uh, I just oh, love the, the vibes the, are the bad. Bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chris Nolan, the Chris Nolan bass. Oh my god. Oh man. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> like first of all, I already don't Sweet Caroline is like a terrible song to begin mm-hmm. with. Um mostly because it's a song about uh having a crush on like a 5-year-old. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's about Caroline Kennedy when she was a child or whatever. It's just just horrific oh, god. to begin with. It's horrific stuff. Uh <sighs> The fucking vine boom ass. Yikes. Yeah. So, yeah, that was rough. Um, <laughs> also, it feels like, like it came the, from like the, the early 2010s, right? Isn't that when all the dubstep remixes were going on? I didn't know people were still doing those. Yeah. It, the 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 Chris Nolan bass vine boom, whatever you want to call that shit, wasn't even like to the beat of the original. Like it misses. Yes. It like slows it down in a really uncomfortable yeah. way. And then like shifts it to like the minor key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's almost where it's almost like Phantom of the Opera organ. Yeah, you know? it's a very like whiplashy change in in tone, you know? Yeah. Um, which is I think what, what makes Oof. it really funny. But so okay, so for this segment, what I wanted to do was I wanted to follow up each worst beat in the world with a palate cleanser of sorts. Uh, because I you might have okay. seen the notes here. I have uh, another segment called Best Beats in the World. Uh very original. Sure. Um, and these are going to come via uh, Sitar Nick on TikTok, who I, I highly recommend following. Uh, this this person does all types of covers. A lot of them requests from like commenters, uh, sitar covers of, of popular music. Mm. Um, it's very good stuff. So here's I'm going to play this one here. And it's a very recognizable riff that I know you'll get instantly. <laughs> Yeah. American football. Yeah. Yeah. If you had like an emo kid directing a movie that was set in like, I don't know, the Middle East. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great, though. Um, And there's an even better one on the way. But so, yeah, back to the worst beats. Uh, You might have come across this because this was going around a few weeks ago. But uh, have, have you heard The Queen Died? Uh, I think, I think I heard something okay, about that. Okay, okay, good. Uh, so BBC Radio Overseas, mm. they reported on the Queen's death as it happened. And this is an actual clip, as far as I'm aware, taken from a BBC Radio uh, broadcast. I think this might be, okay, I won't say anything. Oh, copyright? No. Okay. Well, maybe, but I don't know. This is BBC News. We're interrupting our schedules for the following announcement. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Fuck yeah, dude. What a beat drop. Wait, 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 wait. Is the lyric, it's a bourgeois beat? You know, I didn't pick up on that the first time around, but that's wonderful. Hold on. Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. It's a bourgeois beat. 
That's incredible. It really is. That's incredible. They okay. Here's the thing. This is like a theme. Uh, yeah, this on. has happened before, right? Yes. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of His <laughs> Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> is this like fucking rave hour on BBC Radio? It's Radio One's dance anthem. Oh my god, it's so good. Why do they need like yeah? There's news channels. It's it's, it's like 2020. <laughs> like you know, whenever this one happened, I guess uh, people are gonna find out. You don't need to do this on the on the dance. It's station. such a, a vibe killer. <laughs> the bourgeois beat one though is is choice. Chef's kiss. That yes. one that, this feels intentional. That one's very it feels good. intentional. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah i love it um oh, but back to sitar nick uh this is oblivion by grimes on sitar and this is my favorite of his So damn good. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, yes. Wait, hold on. So I saw uh, a couple days ago, uh, Grimes was trending and I was like, oh God, what did she do or say yeah. now? And uh, I click on the tag and uh, again, the British people, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, the queen died and they're all kind of, you know, losing their shit. Um, it's something about some just kind of UK journalist named something. His last name is Grimes. Oh, something Grimes, oh. and so that's that's why Grimes was trending. Had nothing to do with Grimes. The so musician, it wasn't about was uh, her elf ears or anything. No, no, no. She wasn't out and about dressed as a a, a Morrowind NPC. She was. I know. I know. No. Recently, a few weeks ago, she was looking for uh, recommendations for like body modification places for like elf ears. Sure. Which you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. But, uh -huh. um, yeah. No. This. Uh, yeah. No. She was surprisingly not in the news. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, obviously mixed mixed feelings about Grimes, but I I do love her music. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I always, I feel like that disclaimer is always necessary when it comes to Grimes. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't. She's like not like actively malicious. She's just fucking goofy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit misguided in certain takes. Maybe maybe some of her like uh, monologues aren't as thought out and ready for publishing. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But beyond that, mm -hmm. like, you know, she's yeah. at least gotten away from Ian Ma, so. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so the last worst beat in the world, um, which, you know, I don't know if it's fair to put this under that category. I'll let you decide, but. Uh, well, now now we have this dichotomy. We have the worst beats and the best beats, but now we need something in the middle. Okay, so this will, <laughs> this will fall somewhere. I'm not sure where. <laughs> uh, so there's a new rap group. Uh, I don't know exactly how new they are, but they're, they're taking over TikTok. They're a TikTok sensation. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, this is the Northern Boys, and they have a new rap single out, and I wanted to share this with you. Okay, 
I gotta go, I gotta take a number three That's a piss and a shit and a wank in a tree I said hello there, can I fill your hole? She took one look and she told me no I got a wife at home and she hates me I sleep outside cause she makes me Big bowl of the cocaine, that's me breakfast I try crack once, I just wanted to test it And I'm hooked now, I can marry my pipe My wife wouldn't care, she just wants me to die It's <laughs> blue gone paste on my face What is going on in the UK? <laughs> What is going on? Are they all right? Is this right? what you meant at the top of the show about everybody losing their mind? <laughs> a little bit. I love the number three. That is my favorite line in that. What is happening? I don't I don't like the line gangbang to the Jackson 5, no, I will say. No. I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like that one. But yeah, I've been seeing this. In, like, I saw it on TikTok first. This landed on my For You. Of course it did. Um, and then Stereo Gum on Instagram shared it, uh, requesting that they be... Uh, the halftime performer at the Super Bowl now that Taylor Swift is is out. <laughs> so why didn't these dudes do the London Olympics? I know what a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, there's a comment here. It says Patrick in the white shirt and jeans was my PE teacher, <laughs> which these dudes should not be within a thousand feet of a oh, school. No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, wow. So that was something. Um, and I just want to end. Northern. I want to end with one more uh, Sitar Nick video. This is a bad guy by sure. Oh, classic TikTok! I swear to God, when I hit pause, I want you to pause the video. That's how that button's supposed to work. like it was made for Sitar. i know that's what's so great about about uh sitar nick's videos it's just, it, it just oh wow that's the top comment jesus Christ. oh is it really <laughs> yeah this song was made for sitar <laughs> no but he makes it he makes uh, them all sound like that's the the original instrument of choice you know he's just that good mm -hmm. i also love how his profile in the bio says i have other hobbies also <laughs> sure see yeah because you're you're stuck doing one thing I know you're stuck and now you're just taking thousands of requests and that's all you're doing all day it's just right he's like you know you know I got a whole life I, I I'm multifaceted god just reduced just reduced to being such a one-dimensional caricature oh. it's good music though but yeah it's very good all right so that was the worst and the best beats in the world for this week <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, and now for something completely different. Uh, it's time for a deep dive this week. Um, so people may or may not have heard, depending on, I don't know, how they've been exposed to news or sports. I don't I honestly don't know how this how like wide this story is getting. I know. It's so hard to get a feel for. Yeah. So um, so if people aren't aware, um, uh, former football player Brett Favre uh, is embroiled in a, a massive fraud scandal um, where he helped orchestrate uh, the siphoning of funds from uh, Mississippi State welfare programs to the funding of a uh, volleyball, uh, I don't know what you call it, state stadium arena facility mm -hmm. uh, for... Um, I want to get the, is it Southern Miss University? Um, everything's Mississippi. I want to get this the school right. Yeah, the University of Southern Mississippi, um, where his daughter uh, plays volleyball. 
uh, and he helped orchestrate it with the the governor of Mississippi. Um, they uh, I want to get the number because it's a fucking astronomic number. Um, they siphoned $77 million, um, and it is the largest public corruption case in Mississippi history. Um, and there are, uh, leaked text messages. Uh, so like he can't even plead that, you know, he's like, oh, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I was just trying to get this built for my daughter, you know, all that kind yeah, of shit. We have his text um, every step of the way is he's fully informed. Yeah. He, he, uh, is talking to i forget who the fuck he's talking to is somebody that's like in the in working with the state um he says if you were to pay me is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much and they're like oh no 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 no, nobody's gonna find out he's like okay thanks cool i needed to hear that you know so he knew every step of the way that this was fucked Mm -hmm. uh and he did it anyway so there's that just just the absolute worst stealing money from the poorest people uh, and Mississippi is the poorest state in the nation. Um, so stealing from the absolute poorest people in the country. And on top of that, just like the uh, the cherry on top here is that Brett Favre was sort of like a state icon. State icon, state hero, uh, you know, he, he, uh, Hall of Fame career, blah, 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 blah. College boy, all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Good old boy, Wrangler jeans, the whole the whole nine yards. Right. I didn't mean to make a football pun, but you know, it just it just happens. Um, so now it's come out that, uh, he's got, he's got a charity foundation like all these guys do, right? So now he's funneled cash from that for the same, the same venture. Um, he's, he's funneled money for, uh, Southern Miss athletics. Um, so, uh, he's got a charity far for hope that was supposedly created to support charities that provide support to undeserved and disabled children and breast cancer patients, according to its mission statement. Um, but the charities made three large donations to USM Athletic Foundation, totaling more than $130,000. And this is from CBS Sports. Uh, those sums were significantly more than donations made to other organizations. 60000 in 2018, 46000 in 2019, 26000 in 2020. The largest donation made it made it, it made to any other organization during that time was $11,000 to the Special Olympics of Mississippi in 2019. Wow. Over 10 times more than the second mm-hmm. highest. Yeah, this is news to me. I wasn't aware of the uh, the charity aspect of uh, I believe this just came out okay. yesterday based on this article. Um, so this is just completely, completely fucked. It is astonishing and how fucked up this is. Yeah. Siphoning money from the poorest people in the country. And now from uh, 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 a charity that is supposed to be under the guise of helping disabled children and cancer patients. Mm -hmm. How fucking evil is this? Yes, for sure. And like I was listening to uh, one of Mississippi's reporters that has been... Uh, reporting on this case for years now because it has been a thing for years. It's really picked up after the text messages and whatnot have come out. But um, and so they were talking about just the layers upon layers of harm that Brett Favre has caused here. Uh, when you think about all the people that were denied welfare benefits who really needed them, and like the mm-hmm. the circumstances, like there was a case where one person was could no longer have custody of their child because of circumstances related to not being able to get welfare, right? So like there are all these individual cases that add up to just countless numbers of them of people's lives being at best disrupted and at worst ruined because they were denied access to welfare when they really needed it and because this money was going into Brett Favre's uh, endeavors. It's insane. And the thing is, is that I don't see any talk 
of any repercussions right whatsoever because this was in coordination with the state this was in coordination with the governor mm -hmm. where are the charges where's the where's the district attorney where's anything yeah, that's really one of the crazy things about it is just Brett Favre just kind of sitting at home you know there's right. really nothing nothing concrete that right. I'm seeing as far as consequences right and this is the this is the big problem that I have with the NFL all the way down and this is going to be like I feel like I'm going to go into another rant like I did whenever I talked about the Super Bowl Sure. Yeah. Like this is this is the kind of shit that the NFL like they prop up these dudes. They prop up these quarterbacks. Right. Let's not even forget that Brett Favre, uh, his whole dick pic scandal. I don't right? remember that. He sent was it dick pics or was it the massages? I forget because the massage thing might have been Peyton Manning. I, I shouldn't type in Brett Favre dick pic because I <laughs> want to see the dick pic. Um, yeah. Brett Favre once sent me cock shots as the headline here. Um, yeah, he was he, he he would send a lot of dick pics. This is from 2010. Um, social media reminds Brett Favre he sent unwanted dong pics. So, yeah. So he was he was all up in that kind That's of harassment, shit. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If somebody doesn't want to receive a dick pic and they get a dick pic, what do you call sure. that? Um, so yeah, so like they prop up these dudes, right? They get into the Hall of Fame. They get the highest honors. Even this CBS fucking sports article that's talking about basically how much of a scumbag he is and how he siphoned money from disabled children and cancer patients at the end here ends with a list of his accolades. Wow. Brett Favre starred for the Packers from 19, 19, 1992 to 27, earning three straight MVP awards and winning Super Bowl whatever the fuck. He joined the New York Jets in 2018 and finished his career with the Minnesota Vikings. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2016. They'll probably okay. call that, um, okay. like, the reporter will probably consider that, like, context, but that none of that context matters when it comes to the crimes here. No. All no, you need no, to know no. is that this is a popular celebrity public figure. They do that in the lead. Legendary NFL quarterback go. and former Southern Miss star Brett Favre is under there fire. Go. That's there it. you go. That's yes. the context. That's the context. You don't need to give a list of his bona fides at the bottom right. here. I get that it's CBS Sports, but come on. Wow. That's, that's, that's what the NFL does. They prop up these dudes, right? And then they go on to do heinous shit. Heinous shit. Whether it's beating the shit out of women and doing worse to them. Deshaun Watson, 24 at least, uh, accusations of uh, sexual harassment and uh, sexual mm -hmm. assault. Yes. Right? He gets a third of a billion dollar fully guaranteed contract. Yes, the contract was built to withstand any legal issues. Guaranteed money. Fully guaranteed. And the league suspends him for, was it 10 games or whatever the fuck? It was initially six. And wipes their hands was of it, it. Was it bumped up to 10? I don't know. Six, Big 10, whatever it's the fuck. The, I, yeah, it's the same thing. Whatever. Uh, and then on the air, whenever the, whenever the Browns play, they will uh, refer to it as the Cleveland Browns uh, uh, quarterback situation. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yes, great. That's where the priority the, should the be. The quarterback yep. situation. That's what it is. Or how about you call it a suspension for sexual harassment at the very least? Yeah. Something like that. Nah, it's a quarterback situation. Great. If it's not that kind of shit, it's it's rushing players uh, back from three days after they had a concussion, calling it a back issue. Yeah. Can I I, I want to bring this up from from last night. I really did, because I think it I think it connects. It, it's it's it, that's what I'm talking about. It's rotten all the yeah. way down. Rushing a quarterback three days after he has a concussion, lying, calling it a back issue, saying that they cleared the concussion protocol. This kid gets slammed again in the mm -hmm. head and looks like he dies. Yeah, we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa, by the way, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. I turned on the game last night. 
not two minutes later, I see a kid almost die. Yeah, and that's that's one aspect of it too that really grossed me out was the the broadcast side of it. So like I turned it on around that time too, just by coincidence. I wasn't watching it. Yeah. And so he takes this really um this really bad hit and he's already got the concussion issue and he takes a hit to the head. And the TV broadcast, Amazon Prime, they show from a million different camera angles, close-ups, slow motion shots over and over for like five minutes. This kid in excruciating pain. They not only that, they continued to they show continue it throughout the rest yes. of the game. Throughout the rest of the like game. Like it's a part it was the four it was the fourth quarter. There was like two minutes left. They show it again. So yeah, that they, they show, show it, it again. again and again. And it's like that for them is a part of the spectacle, as sick as that is. It's right. a part of the the spectacle, a part of the NFL viewing experience is to watch this kid suffer and very, very terrifying injury that he shouldn't have even been out on the field in the first place for. But because he is a star quarterback coming off of a career best performance and is on primetime TV, they uh, prime primetime TV against it was two young quarterbacks. Yes. They wanted the two young quarterback duel on primetime TV mm-hmm. on the shiny uh trillion dollar Amazon, you know, streaming. It was so they rushed this. It was kid. chilling. They cleared the because the, I I sorry to interrupt, but he No, no, you're good. I'm it was yeah. chilling because I, I watched this happen and then I went on Twitter a couple hours later and, and there was that tweet from the NFL, you know, Tua versus Joe Burrow tonight promoting the game. Yep. And that was quoted uh seven hours ago, it said, which is hours before game time by a physician. You might have seen this too because it was going around mm-hmm. a physician saying that if they decide to allow Tua to play, um, that is a huge step back for the NFL's concussion protocols and everybody should be sued if he has, if he sustains an injury, which of course, by this point, we already knew the worst had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so for complete context for non uh, NFL following people. So he played a game on Sunday. He took a hit to the back of the head. Uh, he's like, uh, after the hit, he stands up and then he's clearly fucking out of it. He wobbles and he falls down forward and then he has to be taken out. Um, And they called it a the the, the team called it a back issue. Mm -hmm. He said his back was injured and that he cleared the concussion protocol and that even the the, the NFL's independent uh, doctors, which are supposed to be, you know, they're not with the team. They're supposed to be looking out for the best interest of the player's health and all that shit. Also cleared him. Bull fucking shit. Bullshit. He took a shot to the head, didn't know where he was. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. That's the clearest concussion I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them because I watched Sidney Crosby play hockey. I've seen some fucking concussions. Bullshit. And then, since this is a Thursday game, it means there's a shorter gap from when he's going to play next. Yep. So they've rushed this fucking kid back. If the game was on Sunday, he still shouldn't have played. And do you think if he was a left tackle and sustained the same injury, do you think he would have cleared the protocol or is it because it, no, no fucking because the quarterback shot. is the money may for the, the league and the team and everything. And they're so, they're so fucking short sighted. This is, this is, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to go <laughs> full lefty here, but this is capitalism on fucking Roy. Oh, a thousand percent. This is, sh- this is short-sighted profits over long-term stability. And, yeah. You have this young star quarterback. You would think you would want to protect him for the duration of his career over rushing him to play one single game for for the, the glitz and the glam, uh, a potential regular season win, uh, the, you know, this 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 marquee matchup. Like what what is the what is the actual end goal here, right? Is to see this kid 
become a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, a long term star Mm -hmm. or to get one single uh, good game out of him. I know. Yeah, that is very short sighted. And like the capitalism angle, it it, it holds true because like these players are not even like when you're watching that broadcast and you're seeing the replay over and over again, it's like these aren't they don't even consider them human beings at this point. No, 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 no. They're commodities. They're They're, they're, they are capital. They're chips to be used. Yeah, commodities. It's it's they're. It, there's no humanity here. It's all bottom lines and what can, how much money can we make off of you? It's disgusting. Right. And then you go online as soon as it happens and all of a sudden there's four fucking hashtags all about what happened. Damn Tua, prayers for Tua, concussion, uh, and then and then like what happened to his hands because he like went into, I forget what it's called specifically, but like it looked like he was paralyzed because his hands like went into like stasis. And the broadcast, yeah, the broadcast ate that up. They were so fixated on it. Well, it's hard. Uh, it's hard not to be because most people don't see that kind of shit. That's, it was shocking. Yeah, that's what it's, it's shock. It's spectacle. It's part of the, the viewing experience. It's as sick as sick as that is, that's just the way it felt, you know, and it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Yeah. So so here's the here's the entirely like and, and this this is all fucked up, but here's like the really the really sick thing. You, you we honestly could have watched a kid die mm-hmm. like for real because of uh, second impact syndrome. Mm-hmm which is whenever somebody has a, a traumatic brain injury, like a, like a concussion, a severe concussion, and uh, if that impact, the first impact, doesn't heal and they take another hit, there's apparently a 50% chance that the second hit will result in death. It's a coin flip. Oh, my. What the fuck? Oh, my. And that's that's worth... That's worth one game. That's worth 60 minutes of Amazon. Wow. Really? Fuck. Mm-hmm. A coin toss. Yeah, that that's I didn't know that statistic. That is that's, you know, it's quite stunning even with all all that we know. Th- that like this is why like th- they they don't take concussions seriously. They really don't. They never have. They've wanted to provide like, well, the uh the illusion that they do. The, the the they want the public to think that they care about the health and safety of the players, but ultimately that's that's not a priority as we've seen. Right. And for them it all it's it's a fucking spectacle it's a fucking spectacle because they do the stupid blue medical tent on the field see look we'll take the player into the blue medical tent we're doing something Mm -hmm. they want you to see it they want you to think that they're doing something look the players in the blue medical tent that's where we'll kill we'll clear him to go back to play we'll stick a we'll stick a pain-killing shot in his ribs is that like a a freudian slip where you you almost said that's where we'll kill (laughs) because it it sounded like that to me but no it it really is just uh it it is it feels performative it completely is do you know another fucking sick joke that the nfl does do you know how uh in years past like players would like write things on their on their cleats or like on the back of their helmet and then they would get fined for it like they would like somebody's mom died and they would like write like love you you know or whatever or like their mom's Mm -hmm. name and they would get fucking fined for it because that was like a uniform violation sure and everybody was like well fuck you the nfl like you're you're fucking backwards you're gonna find somebody for their dead mom who died of cancer during breast cancer month or whatever the fuck they would try to do with the pink towels uh so then they finally reversed and were like you could have you could have certain slogans that pre-selected slogans on your thing and so now they're like super generic and so now they're like these pre-approved things where like players can stick on the back of their helmet it just says end racism oh i thought that was like a universal thing that they all had to have on there they don't all have it i guess it's if you want it but yeah they're pre-approved yeah, yeah, there's been all sorts of censorship from the NFL, like the whole Kaepernick thing, um, trying to but use like, your platform for social justice issues. Yeah, and but they water it down 
to like where it means nothing and racism. Oh, complete nothing statement. Because what it, is that? What is that? What's that going to do? It's a nothing statement, and it's also <laughs> it's also that? hypocritical because the NFL is, has done so many things to uh, prevent any sort of progress towards uh, you know improving issues of race and racism. Yeah, like I I don't even like you can't even say like I, I how where exactly why? What, like to what end what 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 are the steps what are you actually doing or saying i know i know fucking sh- and i saw shit. like on they'll have that on in like one end zone because they're like painted in the back of the end zone and then on the opposite side of the field yeah. they'll say like it takes all of us it's like okay but sure but yeah, all of but us for, to, should what are we doing what are we how, doing how are we and doing all of us includes you nfl because i don't see you yeah. taking any steps there so it's like it all rings so hollow so performative it's just it's just everything top to bottom I was watching whatever fucking Cowboys game was on primetime because the Cowboys are always in primetime and they're they're just they're just monument. They're just monument to wealth of a stadium. Just this grandiose bullshit that makes me sick every time I see it with the gigantic, the gigantic screen that doesn't even make sense. It's bigger than the field. Yes. And the kick, the the punters just whack that thing every time and they got to redo. They got to redo so many punts. It's like, this is so stupid. They're still doing that. I thought that was like, didn't they like enact a rule where like you, they couldn't punt past a certain height or something. That's not a thing. They have, no, the, the rule is that they got to redo the oh kick. God. That's that's when fun they hit TV. the fucking TV. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked enough about the NFL. It's good. Um, I guess it's time for Moogle, right? Yeah. Uh, somebody in my raid group actually mentioned uh, Limp Biscuit um, and Nookie, and I was too embarrassed to say that I made an edit of Nookie with Moogle noises in it. You're supposed to be Even promoting th- this show. I know, I know. I don't know if I want them to listen. Ah. Um. <laughs> yeah, you've made some. You've had <laughs> some rants some, in the past. I know. I doubt they'd go back into the catalog. I've tried to be better about that, just in case they find it. Yeah. Um. But I don't. <laughs> I don't You're know. unemployable. I'm unemployable. I'm gonna get kicked from the raid team. I'm antisocial. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making enemies left and right. Drake hates me. It's it's terrible. Um, so yeah, just rolling with the lack of consistency in the show. Um, it's time for an anime check-in. I felt bad uh, about my lack of anime watching the past few months. So I actually <laughs> I, I watched a couple. Of, <laughs> I, I watched a couple episodes of one of these shows you listed last night. I'm very curious which one. Okay, um, but I'll let so you I take over. I, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so I've been watching some anime. Uh, this was a weird time for me with anime because um, I caught up on a bunch of shit, so I had to go weekly, and I usually hate doing that, and I found myself doing that for a bunch of shows. Um, so, but yeah, so now like this, the summer season's ended, and uh, the uh, fall season, which begins sort of in October, uh, will be beginning soon. Um, and so uh, I watched a bunch of the summer shows uh, kind of weekly, which I usually don't do. Um, uh, this one I did not watch weekly. <laughs> I sort of I sort of binged this one, um, and it's called my stepdaughter's or my stepmom's daughter is my ex, and I'm not I'm not gonna defend the title. This is the one, by the way. Oh God, in heaven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend the title, and I I can't defend the title. Um, it would be it would be a fruitless endeavor. Um, how many episodes did you watch? Two. Two. Okay. Um, 
So okay, so now I'm curious about your impressions. Um, yeah, this is just another one of your fetish shows. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the show, the the premise is in the title, right? Yeah, I don't hate the title. I think the title is accurate, and it gives you an idea of what's to come. So the title tells you what's on the what's on the you know it's what's on the tin. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, these two these two bookish kids. They, uh, they they had a relationship. They broke up. Uh, and oopsie daisy, they're they're now step siblings. And you say bookish. This dude has he is living in a library in his bedroom. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've never seen so many books in one place in my life. Yes, yes. He has quite the stash of uh, light novels, regular novels. He's, he's reading all kinds of things. Um, one. All right. One cool thing about this show uh, that I found it's kind of Easter eggy. Um, so this is uh, produced by Kadokawa, which is a very big uh, publishing and media company in Japan. And so what they did was they just stashed a bunch of their other uh, light novels and anime that like that have been um, turned into anime uh, into the show. So like he'll be reading uh, some shit and it'll just be another Kadokawa light novel with like the full cover and title and everything. Oh, that's cool. Um, just like, yeah, it's like it works as promotion, but it's also like. He was reading like not even current shit. He was reading like old shit. Like he was reading uh, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is like from 2010 um, and is like incredibly popular. So it's like they really didn't need to promote it. So it's kind of like an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, this one. <laughs> it's it's um, like they know what they're doing. There was even there's an episode that you obviously didn't get to where they're watching uh, a movie. And uh, the dude is talking about like, oh, how what'd you think of the movie? And he was like, yeah, it seemed like the the director put all his fetishes on display. <laughs> so it's like they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know? Like they, they get it. Um, the one thing that I actually appreciated about this show was that um, they do some flashbacks to uh, their relationship because the, the two main characters dated in middle school before they were step siblings. Right. Yes. Um, and whenever it shows their relationship and how it fell apart, it is uh, an incredibly accurate portrayal of like how kids sort of date and navigate relationships at that age. Um, and like the weird petty jealousies you have, you know, like if, if your boyfriend is just like innocently talking to another girl, you know, um, and just like the weird little arguments you have if you've been dating somebody for a long time. And just the way that you uh, like the weird superstitious things that you have whenever you're like like a a teenager and um, you're like, oh, you know, what if my what if my girlfriend just showed up right now? You know, like, wouldn't that be romantic? Like things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the just like the daydreamy kind of things that you have. Um, It. It's it's not good because they they like sort of they end up together at the end because they have to. Uh, spoilers. Who said I wasn't going to continue watching? You were not. No, you weren't. You weren't. Um, <laughs> uh, so like it's it that's it's gross, right? It's gross. Uh, it's even more gross because they introduce these shows. They're always structured to introduce like another girl as a threat to the relationship. Right. Um, the problem with this one is that the threat that they introduce is like so much better for the boy than the sister is <laughs> that it's unreal. <laughs> it's just unreal. And he just flat out turns her down. He's like, nah, I can't. I'm like, he doesn't say it, but he's like, I'm preoccupied by my stepsister. It's like, fucking dude, why? The uh, Okay, so the other thing that um intrigued me about the show at the beginning 
was that I thought the setup was going to be more like um, Kaguya-sama. Where and yeah. you probably got this, yeah. Where you got this in the first episode, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were going to be playing this game of trying to trick each other into um, if somebody does something that is not acting like a sibling towards the other and acting like they were, you know, had their previous relationship, they would be, you know, punished in some way. And that's how they would try to sort of straighten out their new sibling relationship. It's like we have to act like siblings and like we didn't know each other before. Um, and that's sort of how I thought the the rest of the show was going to progress. No, because be they, they can't keep their hands off each other. So it didn't work. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bummer. Uh, I watched it and I didn't really think I'd spend this much time talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it definitely is playing into fetish, the fetish of like the steps. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, is a thing. There's no doubt about it. Um, in fact, we yeah. I think this isn't even the first time we've talked about an anime that addressed this on, on the show. No. Yeah. What we did. Citrus. Citrus. Did, that's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was at least one more, but yeah, so it's definitely a thing. Um, from what I watched of it, it wasn't, I didn't dislike it, you know, right. I, I was hoping, the, the, yeah. yeah, I was hoping that, um, and I, I liked, I, I liked the idea of those flashbacks, like you said, because I think a show like this, um, really lives or dies by its characterization and how That's much, how much you care about yeah. the characters, right? The characterization was really strong, mm -hmm. um, and also, I didn't confirm this. I wanted to, but I think the 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 voice actress that plays the sister, I think, might be the same as Kaguya from Kaguya-sama. Oh, okay. They had a very similar. They had a very similar voice. I wanted to look into that, but I forgot to, um, because I honestly didn't think I'd spend this much time talking about this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like the characterization was really strong. Um, and, and those flashback segments felt like uh, totally realized and in a way that uh, you don't necessarily see in anime, especially anime with titles like this. Um, so yeah, but then of course it's got to fall into the trope and the the predictable path and ending. And well, didn't Citrus have similar issues where a lot of the character work was really strong and because there's a lot of that series that I liked a lot and then but it does mm -hmm. fall into those those traps, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like they gotta they gotta appease these tropes. And it's like, well, why why do we need to why do we need to do this? Let these characters shine, you know? Yeah, and like the best anime that I've seen in the very limited amount that I've seen, it's subverting one of those overly yeah. used tropes. Like that should be that should be you know on their minds as well, trying to to sort of like change things up yeah yeah um now for another mess of a um we talked about this uh, early on when we thought it was much shorter uh but a couple of cuckoos uh which got 24 episodes yes it did i i didn't i didn't watch any further uh yet i knew yeah because i, I, I didn't want to catch up and go weekly so yeah yeah um boy um it just it just kind of keeps going <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mentioned there was like sort of a twist you know around that like episode 10 mark um that doesn't get resolved they kind of bring it up um it still kind of lingers um it just sort of gets messier hmm. um like the characters are fun and everything but it's like okay all right i i don't know what our what our end game is here um it's just it's just kind of messy like all these all these character interactions um and then you have the dad who is now being like well, if you don't want to marry the the girl that uh, you know we set up this this arranged marriage with, 
Well, now you can just marry your sister instead. That's an option. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Add it to the list. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's like, it's like, it's fine because, well, you know, you're not blood related. But no, 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 no. They grew up together. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stop this. So like this dad is like this evil genius in the background, like doing all this weird machinations with these teenagers. And it's like, why? So, so, so let me get this straight. So the, the kid's two choices of marriage are one, his non-biological sister that he grew up with. Or, uh-huh. or two, uh, the girl who grew up under the care of his biological parents. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Okay. Yes. And then he's in love with the purple haired girl. Oh. Right. Remember? From school? Yeah. yeah like yeah. the school rival, right? They were like both top yes. of the class. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And so she slowly finds out about all of this and is like, well, okay, I got to like, now these are now the, the two blonde sisters are my rivals in love. God damn it. So now this is, so now this is just a harem anime. Mm-hmm. It's like, God damn it. Also, again, like, spoilers. God. There's a good. <laughs> Nobody was going to watch this. <laughs> no, it's true. Nobody was going to watch this. It's like, what the, what the fuck? And then so remember how the purple haired girl was like, um, I'm also engaged. But she was like engaged to like her taking on the family legacy of like this temple work or whatever. Yeah. Was how it was explained. Well, apparently that's not true. And she's actually engaged, engaged. Oh. But then that's not resolved. That's sort of like cliffhangery. Well, they, they probably just didn't have enough time, you know. <laughs> they had they had so much. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so that's a mess. That's disappointing. That's a mess. Yeah. Messy summer in anime. Yeah. Um. So moving on. <laughs> No, there's more. Yeah, um, there's more. There's more. Um, I watched uh, the second season of Rent a Girlfriend because I accidentally caught up with that one, too. Um, and so you're probably not familiar with this one because we haven't talked about it before. It's been recommended to me on Crunchy by Crunchyroll's algorithm after I guess after I watched uh, like Citrus and stuff. Probably, probably. Um, so this is a uh, rom-com harem light anime, unfortunately, um, where uh, college college dude um gets dumped by his first girlfriend uh, and then starts using a uh, rental girlfriend service where you can, you know, pay to go on dates with uh, rental girlfriends and, you know, they will just go on little dates with you, blah, 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 through an app. And um, that's what he does. And and, uh, he sort of falls in love with the rental girlfriend. And then it turns out, oh, wouldn't you know it? They're accidentally neighbors. but they're not supposed to like know each other um, in real life past the date, right? It's supposed to be like the separate thing. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, oops, they go to the same college, but she uses a different name. You know, she uses like uh, an alias for for the rental thing. Can I say and, I don't hate this setup so far? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh. So then they have to navigate like like you know, please don't tell anybody about this. Blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, I won't because I fucking love you. Uh, and he's got to navigate, you know, running into his ex and kinds of things like that. Um, and then he meets other rental girls, you know, through the app and uh, their relationships and things like that. So that's the basic premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was interested in this because I was like, OK, is this going to talk about sex work in a meaningful capacity? Right. In, in some way. Or, or is this just going to be, you know, whatever? Um, it verges, it always verges on getting there, uh, mm-hmm. but never quite does it. It never quite gets there. Sometimes it does, but it never quite addresses everything that you would think would come up with. Like if this was, um, a fully like legalized, 
you know, accepted service that was out there. You know what I mean? Is it is it treated like one in the in the context of the show? Yes, but it's sort of like you know, if if uh, he doesn't want people to know that he's doing it, oh, right? Okay. You know, it's like sort of stigmatized in that way. Sure. So that's addressed, but it's like on his end. Yeah. But the more interesting stuff, it would be on her end, I would think. Well, to a degree, yes. She obviously doesn't want people to know that she's doing it. Um, But that's mostly like for... It's it's sort of gestured for a safety thing, but like not, you know, fully. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So like there's... like That's what I'm saying. There's always hints that it's going to like, okay, like address it. Um, But then there's like the elephant in the room. Which is that in Japan, there is a problem with um, something called compensated dating, which is similar to what goes on in the show, Uh, which is it's basically um, escorting or if you want to call it prostitution, you know, it's it's sex work. Um, It's 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 basically escorting. Right. Uh, The problem is, is that it's usually uh, high school girls. Oh, and it's. Like not, it's, it, I don't think it's legal, you know, it's not legal, right? It's, it's, it, it's a, it's an underground thing, but it's sort of accepted that it happens. Okay. Right. And it, uh, leads to, you know, um, uh, uh, if, how am I, how am I going to say this? Like it's, it's, uh, well, considering the eight, like if it's high school girls, that leads to some, I would imagine some dangerous situations, right? Yes. Yes. It leads to, um, assaults and things like that, especially because, uh, they call it compensated dating, but it's also, um, like it, it, it's usually uh, involves sex. Sure. Right? Sure. It's, it's, it's prostitution, you know? Um, and like, I forget what the term is. It's, they have an acronym. It's JK. I forget what it stands for. I think it's. Josie Kose, which I think is high school girl like that. That's what it is. Um, Oh, so so this this is is like like, this this is like explicitly that age range. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Yes. And so it's a it's a big problem, uh, especially in urban areas of Japan. Um, But it's sort of like an accepted part of the culture. Um, It's illegal, but it's you know, it's part of what's going on. So it's like, is this going to address like these? In the show, these are college kids. This is all above board. But like they don't really address, you know, the the, the big kind of issues of what would, you know, the reality of it. Yeah, I guess they make it different by having the two characters be the same age, right? Yes, yes. Um, it It's further complicated. I think one of the characters actually is in high school now that I remember. Oh. One, one of the one of the girlfriends is in high school. Huh. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have known about this whole like real world context that this is coming out of. Yeah. So it's like you're going to you're going to you're going to have this series that kind of mirrors what happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a similar system. You know, I doubt there's a, a, an app for it. Right. You know, sure. That's right. Like in the show, it's kind of treated like, you know, any kind of gig work like Uber or whatever star ratings and everything else. Um, but you don't you don't sort of address the the inherent deep, deep ethical issues and, and uh, you know, major problems that actually go on. Um, instead, you focus on uh, a dude that is just constantly, constantly fucking up and crying mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. instead and making things difficult for the girl that he supposedly is in love with. Sure. Um, and just constantly, constantly fucking up and is like the focus of the like focus of the show entirely whenever everyone around him is much more interesting. Um, and yet he still finds a way to like come out on top just because I guess he's kind of earnest. Question so, mark. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. It's kind of rent a girlfriend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm intrigued in the, at the start, but then the more context you gave, I'm like, huh. That's that's kind of that's kind of how it goes. That's kind of my experience with it. It's like, okay, this is this is a premise. Let's see what you do with this. And yeah, yeah. That's interesting because, like, the, as far as I understand, like speaking broadly, um, yeah, legalization of sex work leads to broadly speaking safer sex work, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, but with what you're saying and the the age factor and all that, that's a that's a messier thing there. Yeah. So, yeah. huh? And I I'm not an expert. I know I just know very broadly that this is like something that goes on in Japan. Um, and some of these terms, right? Right. Um, like I, I read a, like this has been going on for a very long time. Like I think I read it uh, uh um like an archive New York Times article from like 2002. Oh wow. Okay. Where this was going on. So th- this is not this is not like a new um phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But it's something that the creators of the show must be aware of. Oh, completely. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is definitely a thing. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen other media where like, um, a, a girl, w- uh, uh, got bullied because she, she got wrapped up in compensated dating and it, it got, you know, got found out and things like that. Um, and shit like that. Right. So it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of the society. Like the uh, people, people know about it. Um, you know? Um, and so to have a show where like you have you have a society that it, like is aware of this and is accepted of this and like it's legalized and above board, you know, and it's stigmatized a little bit. Right. Because, you know, yeah, it would be. Um, but but you don't address the the issues and, you know, the, the complications that arise. I don't know. Feels like you could do more with that. Sounds like it. So I guess like you're saying, it's more that the focus is more on like the internal like feelings of the characters rather than like the structural, like the systemic part of it. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like you can definitely strike a balance. You can do both. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Is there going to be more of that or is it like a one and done thing? Uh, There's been two seasons. I'm pretty sure there's going to be more. Okay. Um, Just based off of how the season ended, like it sets up sort of a new arc for the characters. So, yeah, I'd imagine there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got one more. Um, I'll keep this short. Uh, Classroom of the Elite, second season after like came after like four or five years from the first season. Um, it's got the best straight man in anime. Yeah, this was a hell of a way to <laughs> to promote it here. I didn't know what to make yeah, of this. The, the main character of this show is like if Nathan Fielder's Nathan in the rehearsal was like uh, a high school anime sociopath. Wait, so the best straight man in anime is also a sociopath? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> the dude, the dude has one face. Okay. One face. And he makes it for every situation. He shows no emotion ever, ever. He is monotone. He is dry. He has one, he has one complete tone in his voice and he uses it for everything. Um, and it's amazing. He is like this Machiavellian, um, like scheming mastermind that comes up with these twisted schemes that you don't even, you, you, you aren't even privy to until they're unveiled, similar to, you know, the rehearsal, mm-hmm. right? Where he'll just see like, and so that's why I came up with a mirror to show the advanced age, like shit like that, you know, right? where there's just like this sudden reveal. Similar thing happens here where it's like, yes, so I, I already went ahead and I told this guy that I was going to do this and that and that, that, that. And then it just, it's like, oh shit, how did you already do this and foil this other dude's plan? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, the basic premise of the show is that there's this academy of, you know, it's very prestigious and hard to get into. Um, but uh, there's a class ranking system, A through D, uh, and A is the most, you know, advanced students or whatever. And D is sort of the um, 
sort of the degenerates and like the most, uh, you know, eccentric kind of people. Um, it's a little Danganronpa, but it's not as uh, outlandish, you know. Um, and so there's a point system. You get individual points and class points. Your individual points can be used to spend on, uh, you know, amenities in the school and your food and everything else. Um, and it's treated like cash. Uh, and then you have class points and your class points are how you can advance to like your entire class to the other levels. And so you're competing with the other classes as well as sort of trying to get individual points so you can fucking like live on campus uh, as the thing. Um, and it's also incredibly easy to get expelled if you fail like any exam, uh, you're expelled uh, and shit like that. And there's frequently these like uh, exams and tests that aren't really tests. They're like, I don't know, fucking survivor challenges. Wow. Basically. Sounds stressful. Like, the, yeah, like in the, in, like at the end of the first season, like they're like on an island. They're always put into teams and shit. It's it's sort of it's sort of like um, if Big Brother was Danganronpa. OK. In a way. I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would. You, this is this is a really good show. You would like this show. OK. Um, and so, yeah. So like the, the main character is the, like this, this stoic Nathan Fielder, like <laughs> mastermind who's like puppeteering everybody behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, it's just really good. It's <laughs> just to see the kind of shit that he could pull and manipulate people into doing whatever the fuck he wants them to do while he just sits there with this blank fucking face um, as they just say, like, the weirdest shit to him. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I might have to give this one a look. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good one. Um, it's like, it sounds like if Nathan Fielder lacked any sort of empathy. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's the anime I've been watching. Cool. Um, a lot of weird shit and then Classroom of the Elite, which is, which is good. Nice. <laughs> Um, uh, and then I added this last minute. I don't even know if I want to do this. Um, this is kind of a, um, partial soul hackers check-in and partial rant. I've been going on a lot of rants today, but it's, that's kind of the mood I'm in. Um, so, uh, since raiding has sort of calmed down, we've cleared some fights, you know, we're actually on a bye week this week. Um, uh, I'm, I'm had the opportunity to play a lot more soul hackers and I've, I've made some good progress. Um, and I'm having a really good time. Uh, it's a good game. Um, I think it's definitely being overlooked by a lot of people, uh, especially SMT fans, which is weird. Um, it's, it's, it's especially weird. Uh, and I saw some, I saw some discourse online about it. And, um, this was, this was kind of spurred on by the, uh, the dude that was going to translate, um, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, but then was scooped, that guy. Right. Um, he was saying, he, he made a tweet that I think was meant to be sort of tongue-in-cheek, uh, saying that, um, the, uh, what do, uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment and Soul Hackers have in common? And it was that they both have an adult cast, and they both didn't sell very well. Um, and then there are lots of people in his replies and quote tweets taking that very literally, saying, oh, that's not why they didn't sell well, blah, 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 you know, um, when I just think he was trying to highlight the fact that these are two games that have adult casts and a lot of SMT and Persona especially doesn't have adult casts and that he was just trying to highlight that he uh, enjoys having an adult cast. Yeah. So people took it to mean like um, cause and effects there. Yeah. 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 And so it was a lot of people saying, oh, correlation does not equal causation. Right. Like he was just he was just, you know, sort of just making a comment. He wasn't literally saying this didn't sell well because it has adult cast. That was that was not the point. Um <laughs> So and so this was like I was reading just more of these replies. I'm like, SMT fans are some of the dumbest motherfuckers. How are you people? How like how do they enjoy some of these games 
that are like some of the like deepest texts like I have I have ever like experienced. Like how do how do we have anything in common? Like how what what are you people getting out of this? Out of these games? Like how do you how how do you how do you guys even turn on your consoles? Like like this is how dumb <laughs> you, like you look. And how are you how are you understanding any of the themes of these games? I don't know. I mean, like, I can see how people could interpret that that post as him taking a shot at the decision to have the adult cast. Yeah, okay, fine. But then it was also a lot of people like I, I saw one comment that was like, um, maybe because it got horrific reviews. And then they linked um its aggregate scores from like Metacritic and some of the other aggregate things. Yeah. And the scores for Soul Hackers are in the 70s. It's pretty middling to, to decent, especially for a niche game, yeah, right? That's I'm, I'm like those are those are good scores. Yeah, that's yeah. For a JRPG? Mhm. Mm <laughs> Those are good scores. And it, 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 like, it, I forget what the adjective that person used. It was like horrendous or dreadful. You know, something something extreme like that, uh, that you would like 70s. Yeah, that's fine. Like, what? What? And I imagine there weren't like as an aggregate score, there weren't as many reviews out there to begin with compared to something like a triple A, like, you know, big, big release that every, every site is covering. Of course. These are like from RPG site and JRPG dot whatever, you know, like sites like that. Yeah. To begin with. Um, who are going to be more critical to be like, you know, for starters, because that's the genre that they focus on. Um, and also like those are good scores. Yeah. <laughs> and like I saw all this shit after I just got off of like a four hour session of the game where I was getting quite deep. Um, and in my initial impressions, uh, we talked a little bit about the combat of Soul Hackers and how it's uh, fairly basic, uh, especially compared to other SMT games. Um and I, I think the the game does itself a disservice. Like, so I talked about how uh, the game basically gets you going immediately into the story, right? Yes. There's no long preamble. You're sort of into it immediately. Um, but now that I'm about uh, 25 hours in, um, and that's extended by me doing a lot of side quests, a lot of side quests. Uh, the combat is now getting quite advanced, but it's taken until this point for it to get there, which is quite strange, especially for an SMT to have that long of a tail on its combat for it to sort of beef up the mechanics uh, in that way. Yeah. So what happens is um, you start getting uh, commander skills, which are skills the main character Ringo can use. but They can sort of be activated um, whenever it's anybody's turn in the party. As long as Ringo isn't incapacitated in some way, if there's not a status effect or if Ringo's not dead. Um, and this is thankfully uh, a JRPG where if the main character's down, it's not an actual wipe, which games that do that are actually really stupid. Um, and SMT games and Persona games included. That's I, I don't like when that happens. That's really dumb. It's like, what are their lives tethered to this person or something? Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, well, come on. I have items and shit the other players can use. Why does it matter if just the main character dies? Um, <laughs> like, I hate that. Uh, anyway, um, so like these commander skills greatly change what happens in battle. Um, I've just got one that um, can randomly activate and give Ringo additional turns. So now it starts to feel like press turn a little bit. Mm. I have additional turns now. And this is something that enemies can do. And this is something that I know I'm going to get into the weeds. I'm talking about deep mechanics of, a, of an SMT game. I, I know nobody gives a fuck. But so um, something that I really don't like when SMT does, and I've mentioned this before, is that the best part of SMT is the fact that you can do everything that the enemy can do and the enemy can do everything that you can do. Yeah. It is fair and balanced. It is a battle between the mechanics. It's it's 
I don't want to say it, but it's kind of like chess, right? It is this like this perfect symmetry, you know, it's, 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 it's tactical in that way. You need to use the mechanics to your advantage. Any they anal can hit beads? your weaknesses sometimes. Okay. Uh, there isn't, there is uh, items called beads in the game. There we go. <laughs> you have the resources, just do with them what you will. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's really funny. There's an item called bead chain. It's really oh, it's there. It's it's, it's there. there. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> um, you have like, to reach like so, 40 hours into the game before you can actually <laughs> fully utilize the bead chain the way it was intended. <laughs> That's the scaling of the complexity of soul hackers. It's really cool. Uh, but like, so like you can hit their weaknesses, they can hit your weaknesses and it's, that's, that's the struggle of it. That's what, that's what works. Mm -hmm. And whenever the scale is tipped in either way, it, it feels off. It feels wrong. And whenever they do that, I don't like it. Uh, and even the best games, whenever they do this, I don't like it in Nocturne, which I think is the pinnacle of press turn design. They throw fucking beast eye and dragon eye at you, which is abilities where the the uh, enemy can just decide to give itself more turns. Um, and it's bullshit and it doesn't work and it, it just inflates the difficulty unnecessarily. It's something that you yourself can't do um, and it's unfair. Um, and so uh, in in Soul Hackers, I started running up against enemies that could use beast eye. And it's like, well, fuck, this sucks. They can use beast eye in a non press turn game. I can't give myself additional turns by hitting weaknesses or hitting critical hits. It's very rude of them. It is. It sucks. But now I have a commander skill that can uh, randomly proc and give me additional turns. Now we have some balance. Ah. Now we're working with shit. Let's see where this goes. Now we're having fun. Um, and so there are different commander skills like that that are like making the battles more dynamic than just going one by one and exchanging turns. But it takes so long to get there. And I don't know why. Like these these are um, skills that are locked behind story progression. It's not like you can uh, grind up items and materials and buy them outright. Uh, the shop doesn't get them until you progress into the story. I see. So they're locked behind the like they're 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 literally time gated. Um, and it's really it's really strange that they made that decision. Um, but yeah, I, I so like I'm having a lot of fun with the game. I think it is a rare rare JRPG where um I have not run into an annoying character yet. Ooh, I have not run into a single annoying character. Um, like the characterization is really good. Uh, the story of your main party, like you're finding out more about them as you go into their, um, I forget what it's called, their soul dungeons or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, like you're learning more about them as you're going through the main story. Um, the biggest complaint I have with one of them is that they're just kind of, one of them's kind of boring and I'd rather have boring than annoying every day. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, and it's actually funny because, uh, it came out, um, not long after release from the developers, uh, when they were doing an interview about the game, uh, that that character uh, was actually going to be the original protagonist. Oh. Instead of Ringo. And it's like, oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. If they were going to be like the silent protagonist, you know, of a game, and then were suddenly shifted to be uh, a, a party member, for them to be a little flat makes sense. Well, does, game, does the game have a silent protagonist now? No. Oh. No, it doesn't. Uh, Ringo is fully voiced. Um and she might be um, one of my favorite characters in SMT. Cool. She is so fucking cool. Uh, the voice actress that uh, handles her voice is amazing. 
Um, I just love like the way that uh, her tone on certain things, her sarcasm is like not overdone. It's like very wry. Um, it, it, it's really stellar. And that's the, um, um, that's the English voice. Okay. English voice, English voice. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, like the writing on this, like it's, it's really sharp. It's really good. It's not overdone. Like a lot of JRPGs and even persona games get, um, this is not a game where like, it's constantly like, like, I feel like I'm being treated like an adult for in this mm-hmm. game. Like this is, this is not a game where it's like constantly kind of repeating information that you already had, which is a problem. I've encountered that. Yeah. With what the, how relatively little of persona I've played five had a big problem Mm -hmm. with this. Um, I, I assume they did it because of the length where they would sort of just like, okay, maybe somebody forgot what was going on. We have to kind of remind them of shit. Um, this game treats you like an adult. It really does. Uh, you know, these feel like adult characters in adult situations. And that's not to say that it's, you know, vulgar or crass. It just means like they feel like adults and it's refreshing. Um, I just I, I really like it. I, I really think it's good. Uh, and I think a lot of people are missing out if they're writing this game off. Um, I saw I saw another really stupid comment that said that, uh, oh, you know, that this is just another SMT game with uh, the same rehash demon models. I'm like. What are you talking about? These are brand new models. That's just flat out fucking wrong. These are brand new models. We haven't seen these before. These are new like cyberpunk versions. These are shell shaded, excuse me, cell shaded Mm -hmm. versions that we have not seen before. The demon cast is a little smaller because these are new, like these are brand new models. You can tell. So like I just the stupidest motherfuckers. Like, why are you fans of these games? Well, regardless of the fan base, there's always people that like to complain. Truly, truly. And like, it's it's a shame. It's a shame that this game uh, didn't sell as well. Um, I think uh, Atlas makes some weird decisions. I fucking love their games, but they make some weird ass decisions. Uh, the fact that they sort of sandbagged this game by releasing it and then immediately announcing the the Persona, you know, um, yes. ports, like, immediately after this came out, just, like, completely sandbagged this Yeah, because, game. like, this was kind completely. of in a good place in late August where there really weren't yeah. any high-profile JRPGs coming out. And, they, yeah, they did right. it to themselves, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's I think something was up with that with that announcement with with Microsoft. Yeah, I, really I think do. your theory from from last week holds up. I think that makes a lot of sense given the timeline and everything. Yeah, but like they really did this game a disservice. It's a good fucking That's game. That's cool. Yeah, I'm um, going to pick it up when it goes on sale. And I only mean on sale because I I just probably wouldn't be playing it at the moment anyway. Yeah, no, that I mean that's fair. I like I I I I really do think people are missing out by not playing this one. Um, even, even if you don't like these games, like I said, it, it's, it, it, you get in immediately, you get in immediately. There's no slow burn, like a persona where you got to acclimate or whatever. You're into it immediately or uh, immediately into the story. Um, and I'm, and I'm intrigued by the story. Um, there are more, um, ties to the original soul hackers, which I, I kind of was confused about before. Like, why is it soul hackers too? You know, that whole deal. Um, that's, I still, I still don't think they should have called it Soul Hackers 2. But there's more really justification don't. for it. Um, there's, yes, yes. I, I still think they should have called it Soul Hackers colon yeah. something, something. Um, I think that really didn't help, but it's a good fucking game. Awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have so much Yeah, there's here. a lot. Uh, we're almost at the two I should hour not have. Hour. I should not, I should not have done all that anime. <laughs> no, it was informative. It was good. Okay. Um, 
Let's do a beautiful cinema. That's beautiful cinema. Yes, it is. Perfect. Yeah, so we've we've taken this segment to sort of encompass all of film and TV and, you know, everything like that. Um, so I yeah. wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the end of Big Brother 24. The height, the of, height cinema. of cinema. It's definitely the height of reality TV, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you recall, early in the summer, I filled you in on the start of the Big Brother season and how it was off to a very frustrating and infuriating start with uh, the treatment of one of the house guests, Taylor Hale. She came into Mm -hmm. the house and was immediately and for no legitimate reason um, alienated and bullied and people were talking shit behind her back constantly and she did nothing. Like there was no no basis for any of it. Aside from uh, a lot of people would say there was colorism at play. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forward to the end of the season and the winner of Big Brother 24 is Taylor Hale. Oh, hey, Uh, look at that. Not only that, but she is the first black woman to win in the show's history. Um, Wow. Yeah, monumental night. It couldn't have ended any better. It was was quite a journey uh, of a season and Taylor was absolutely the one who saved the season, Um, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, So, man, there's so many aspects of this. One of the things, like, if, if we didn't run into copyright issues in the past when we tried to play a big brother clip i absolutely <laughs> would have clipped her uh final speech that she gave before the jury voted mm. for a winner because let me tell you it is the greatest final two speech in the show's history it was just an absolute banger of a speech uh she knocked it out of the park but she what she did was she directly addressed a lot of the obstacles that she had to overcome throughout the season um so it started mm. with that bullying and that that um, bias and, and hatred towards her. Um, something I didn't talk about, but was a big issue about halfway through the season was there was this one uh, house guest uh, named Kyle who was really well positioned in the game. He was in with like the big alliance. He was making a lot of moves. He was very successful scheming and whatnot. But he early on in the season got paranoid and let his biases feed into his gameplay. So I, I think I told you about uh, the cookout last year, how it was a group mm-hmm. of all of the um, black house guests had this came into the house with a knowledge that there had never been a black winner in in the 20 plus years of Big Brother. And so they had mm-hmm. this mission and they formed an alliance called the cookout where they came together and they had each other's back and they ensured by working together that they would get to the end together and then, you know, duke it out from there. And, and they guaranteed a black winner. Right. Which is what happened. Yeah. Um, so Kyle, fast forward to this season, was looking at the house guests of color in the house and was so worried that there would be like a, a cookout 2.0. And I, I believe he exact he used that exact phrase that he tried to rally a group on his side consisting of all white house guests to combat this completely made up cookout 2.0. Oh, yeah. And I should say, like, the people that he grouped together that he thought were working together, he just could not have been more wrong. Some of... Uh the house guests he had grouped up were like really bitter enemies. <laughs> like it truly. Well, because he racially because profiled, he racially them? profiled them and grouped them together. 
Um, and not only that, but he tried to act upon it by gathering a like counter alliance. Um, uh-huh. So that was really bad. And Ooh, to add yeah. to it, the two of the house guests, the other white house guests that he pitched this to were against uh-huh. it. Okay. They were never on board with it. Sure. However, and they made sort of half-hearted attempts to like talk him in a different direction, you know, privately. Right. The problem is they never informed anybody else of what this guy was scheming uh. until it was beneficial for their games to do so. So eventually all of this came to light when they revealed it and it was beneficial for them and Kyle was nominated and evicted, okay? But, Mm -hmm. you know, they should have done it right away. So that left a bad taste. Um, And so the the whole point here, and by the way, the the TV show spent like so much screen time on Kyle and how he is learning from his experience. And look, (laughs) this is a 30-year-old dude and they were treating, (laughs) they were treating him like a baby who had no no idea what racism uh-huh. is it was truly sickening the amount of screen time they gave him um it was so great because he got to the jury house and one of the women when they first when they learned about his whole plan they were like you know google exists right like we don't have to sit here and teach you about racism because you can just look it up yourself um which was wonderful but um i didn't i didn't think trying to segregate uh, all the colored people would be yeah was that so, was that so wrong? Was that so bad? Was that- Truly just bonkers <laughs> shit. Um, and, you know, I'm angry at the show for giving him that much time and attention. And I want to create a club of all whites. Yeah. Like it, it some sort of some sort of clan. God damn it. it yeah. It sucks so hard <laughs> that they gave him so much time. I, I was very annoyed with that. But the point the point that I'm getting back to and here I am spending time talking about it. But the greater point here is that Taylor was part of the, the people targeted in this made up you know for, for being in this made up yeah. line so just obstacle after obstacle the the bashing of her behind her back never stops throughout the entire season uh from mm-hmm. one person or another there was always there because i listened to the daily live feed updates right where they give you like the granulars all the stuff that's going on and every day you you have to you have to they had to cover the taylor bashing because it just never ended um so needless to say she her trajectory to the end of this game was i mean from week one like it looked impossible from the uh, disadvantage sheet that was placed on her for no reason from the beginning and then all the stuff she had to contend with along the way and then for her to end up winning the game uh, with a nearly unanimous vote um, was was just so wonderful Uh, and on top of that she's the Mm -hmm. first ever uh, person to win the game and to win America's Favorite yes so every year there's a vote and you can vote for any house guest you want to be America's Favorite and they win like a cash prize and never has mm-hmm. it has it lined up where the winner of Big Brother has also won America's Favorite until now. That's surprising. Um, not really, because like people like the underdog, and usually the underdog doesn't sure. win. Um, <laughs> in Big Brother, but still, it's been it's been it's however true. many fucking years. It's true. Think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she won a cool eight hundred thousand between those two those two prizes, mm, um, mm-hmm. plus whatever you get for just being on the show. Um, now, mm-hmm. do, do I wish that she didn't endure all of this and that her win was? That of just like playing Great Big Brother and and not having to put up with all the bullshit. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, we can call it reparations. Oh my God. No. 
<laughs> no, it's 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 not. It's just it's truly. It's, I know, I know, I know. She she, she absolutely earned it, earned yeah, it but like, yeah, it's it was a, a really amazing moment for the fan base and for the show from like a historical standpoint of the show. Like, obviously, this is way overdue. Um, having mm-hmm. the first black uh, woman to win, women in general, uh, just um, there's been a string of mostly male winners for a while now. So, so right. that was great to see. She was underestimated to the very end. So the way that the final three works in Big Brother is that there's a competition and the winner of the the competition gets to choose who they take with them to the final two chairs. And so Taylor Mm -hmm. did not win this competition, but the person that did thought that um, he would have a better chance winning against Taylor than he would have against the other person that he could have taken. Mm. And he was very mistaken because Taylor won, like I said, eight to one. It would have been nine zero, but there was a weird circumstance where the one person didn't. The, The one vote that she didn't get was someone who wasn't part of the jury for very long and didn't really have the full context. Mm. If that guy had taken the other person, he probably would have won the game. <laughs> he almost certainly mm. would have won the game. Um, so so that just goes to show how underestimated Taylor was until the very end. Um, and, but yeah, from just like a social standpoint, like Big Brother, the so much of what I love about it is the fact that it's a, sh- a social game above anything else. But in recent years, mm. especially as the competitions become more and more physical, people have been winning because of their like competition resumes and, and how well they do like physically. And like, that's just not what I care for when it comes to Big Brother, but it's what tends to dominate. Sure. And so Taylor winning is such a status quo shift, a paradigm shift in what it means to win Big Brother as well, um, because she was such a great social player and that's rewarded here. And that's what I love to see so much and just haven't seen for so long. Um, um, so yeah, just all around fantastic end to a very troubled season of Big Brother. And, mm. uh, you know, one that I hope has lasting impact on the show and how people think about it both inside the house and outside of the house. The, the one down, the one downside, nice. <laughs> the one little blip on the, on the, the finale. Uh, so Julie read out the, so when she was revealing America's favorite, she always reads out the top three vote getters. And so mm-hmm. she read the, the top three and obviously Taylor, it's Taylor, it's this other person and it's Kyle, <laughs> which Oof. is rough. Um, and there's all sorts of implications on why people would vote for him, uh, which you, you don't love to see. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, that's that's right. that's the country we live in. But anyway, mm-hmm. the bottom line is Taylor Hale, fantastic. The greatest winner in Big Brother history, um, the greatest like story in Big Brother history. I wish it she didn't have to endure what she did. But you know what? Um, she wins in the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so uh, you got some plans for a horror harvest. Uh, I think last time we started earlier, we're. We're a little behind on the well, we, on the eight ball <laughs> we this, made this it year. like a two month thing. We did. Um, I don't know. I thought if you were interested, we could we could uh, since we're getting into the Halloween season, we could spend a few weeks covering some horror movies. Yeah, yeah. If I you want to do idea. like we did with Irma Vep, like a separate, uh, shorter recording to kind of come out alongside the the main show. Yeah, I think that's not bad. Um, I was looking at the analytics for oh, the Irma Vep. Um, so, uh, what's interesting is that, um, not a lot of podcast downloads, not a lot of YouTube views, (laughs) but 
but the YouTube views um, were quite long. So anybody that was interested in in the Irma was Beth there thing, for the, the long haul. watched. Yeah, watched well, a lot cool. of it or that's listened cool. to a lot of it. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was. I pretty hope somebody got something out of that because you were right that it was very disjointed and all over the place. It was. Yeah. So uh, we have to keep in mind that we need to be a bit more focused whenever we. Um, so so yeah, I think uh, a separate um, little mini pod would be would be a good idea um did you did you have a, a first i was pick? thinking we could kick it off with um cronenberg's crimes of the future which i haven't seen yet and have wanted to and i know that you've been interested okay as well, yeah so. mm-hmm. yeah that cool. sounds good um, by the way um mm-hmm. criterion channel in october unbelievable lineup of horror stuff yeah i saw they got like a bunch of that's 80s like the tip of the ice well that that's a big thing on yeah. its own but they have like so many collections um the one of them that i'm like really excited for is they have a whole collection of horror shorts that i imagine mm. are quite hard to, like before now would have been quite hard to just like find you know before they were all curated sure. and put on a streaming service so but yeah so i remember last year or maybe two years ago they had a really terrific 70s horror collection um just really varied mm-hmm. and and covered a lot of great movies from that era so yeah they're they're moving into the 80s now um but then they also nice. have like a vampire collection and like a universal one and like all just all sorts of stuff coming so that that that's really exciting yeah but cool. uh, yeah so crimes of the future for um, next week all right yeah we'll uh do a separate pod you'll find it on the feed and over on youtube um we we're going long, but I do want to hit a couple things yes. here. Um, I did mention some podcast analytics, um, and I saw this this week. Um, so I want to talk about what we're up against as uh, complete unknowns that nobody listens to. Um, so the biggest podcast companies are cooking the books on their podcast statistics. Uh, they are basically hyperinflating the number of downloads and listens that they get. And they're doing it by uh, autoplaying episodes in free mobile games. Whoa. So uh, this is iHeartRadio is the main um, suspect here. And uh, so, yeah, so they just pay mobile games to insert autoplaying podcasts in mobile games. And if you listen to 30 seconds or however long, 20 seconds, uh, you get free gems or coins or whatever the fuck you need in the game. Um, And they count as a download uh, in IAB, which is the uh, standard uh, podcast advertising metric, because they uh, rely on a uh, download and a listen of one minute, like a, 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 a one minute of content being downloaded, whether that's a stream like cash or a full download. Uh, and so you don't even need to listen to like a full minute as long as the the app or whatever downloads that minute. Wow. It counts. Um, so, yeah, this is really buff, uh, really rough. Um, and it's very similar to what was going on with uh, the pivot to video Facebook bullshit where the numbers were super hyperinflated. And what this means is that iHeartRadio and all these other companies are using these metrics to sell mm-hmm. advertising. And once the advertisers know about this, they're going to flip shit. They're going to pull their advertisements and they're not going to trust podcasts anymore. Right. Because like they're they're advertising to non-existent people. Right. Uh, and so there's been like a podcast bubble, right? You know, everybody's got sure. a fucking podcast. And it, it's like iHeartRadio and whatever, like they're they're promoting like those big celebrity podcasts. You know, every celebrity's got a podcast now. Um, after after celebrities realized that it was a viable medium. And they were stuck at um, home during COVID. And they were stuck at home. And, you know, their PA bought them a, a Sure SMB <laughs> uh, yeah. microphone. 
And so the bubble's going to burst. <laughs> it's, what I'm, it's basically what I'm saying. The bubble is going to burst and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next. Well, we, we hear um, we count our listener numbers accurately. So we, we have that going. We definitely do. I actually use uh, two different um, uh, like tracking services to, to see like I cross reference. Look at that. Numbers. That's thorough right there. So, so I actually accurately check the small amount of downloads we get. So, uh, sponsors, if you're listening, my numbers are fucking accurate. We're the um, number one place for Irma Vep content on the internet. That's probably not we even got true. It. That's Cronenberg. definitely true. It, we might be top okay. five. Um, <laughs> that's how many people actually saw the show. Um, so that's fine. Right. Exactly. Um, what else did I want to hit? Oh, um, so I just want to talk about this briefly. Uh, so Amazon is releasing a new Kindle for the first time since the oh, Oasis. Like a brand new like type of model? A, a brand Ooh. new model. Yeah. Uh, so it's called the Kindle Scribe. Um, and it is the, they call it the quote, first Kindle for reading and writing. Um, it comes with a stylus. Uh, it's a 10.2 inch screen. It's a big boy. It's a big one. Yep. Uh, and it's it's got a s similar design to the Oasis where it's got like sort of the um, the edge for you to hold. So it's like the asymmetrical design. Uh, and this is interesting to me because uh, I I am big into the the e-ink um, writing. Yes, that's right. The, the previously very niche uh, type of device. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I have a, a remarkable two. I had a remarkable one, which I uh, have a review of over on denardroad.co if uh, anybody's curious. Um, I was actually going to review the remarkable two, but um, just the writing experience is so similar to the remarkable one. And, you just, you um, just didn't have I anything to remark upon. Basically, and I also didn't like some of the business decisions they were making with their cloud services that I, I didn't really want to oh. get into. So I, it just didn't seem worth it to review it and sort of rehash the, the writing experience. Um, and there have been lots of other sort of like, like Remarkable as a startup, you know, and there have been other companies that have um, gotten involved in this space. Like the, another popular one is uh, the Chinese company uh, Books. Uh, it's B-O-O-X. Um, they make uh, a wide variety of uh, tablets, like in different screen sizes with writing capabilities that run Android. Uh, so there's it, but it's a very niche space. And uh, these tablets are quite expensive. They can they can get up to like nine hundred dollars. Like they can they can Kobo really get doesn't up there. make one, do they? Because aren't they like Amazon's closest competitor in the e-reader world? I think I think Kobo did. I don't think theirs was uh, very okay. good. Um, and I don't think it was supported for very long. And I think it was mostly just so I think theirs was used mostly for um like just like uh highlighting books. Yeah, the ellipsa. Um theirs was yeah, theirs was very similar. Uh, again, it's that like asymmetrical design, the handheld, you know, the handhold um and the stylus. Um but yeah, I think theirs is just oh, it does say document. Um so um but yeah, back to the back Why to the Why does Kindle the name one. scribe sound like if somebody's using it in like like an ancient man is using it in the eighteen hundreds? Yeah, that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. You you're 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 inscribing on your, you know. Um so uh I'm curious about this because this is now the biggest player in e-readers entering this um, writable e-ink yeah. tablet space. And I was immediately curious. I was like, okay, is this just for making notes in Kindle books? Like how how deep does the functionality go? Um, and they say you can write on documents. And then I look at the list of documents that are supported. Um, where did it go? 
Kindle, you know, uh, text, PDF, uh, Mobi, PDF, DocX, Doc, HTML, and then EPUB, which is very interesting. Now, um, if people aren't aware, which they won't be, why would they be? Um, previously, Kindle uh, only supported uh, Kindle format books, which are a file format called now, they used to be KFX, now they're uh, called AZW3. Um, and then uh, Mobi files, which are another type of sort more open ebook files. They never supported EPUBs, which are usually considered the most open uh, it's ebook what you'll file get type. From like libraries and like publishers. It's what you'll get from yeah, the library, um, yep. Barnes and Noble, uh, Google Playbooks. Usually they have DRM. There are methods to strip DRM. Uh, I have an article about that on denroad.co. If you're curious, yeah, I, I remember what was the name of the e-books. software that you would convert. I always used to convert. Um, you can you can use it in uh, Calibre, Libre or right. Calibre, yeah, however yeah. you want to say it. Um, yeah. Um, so there, there's methods to strip your DRM because you own yeah. your fucking books. Mm-hmm. You own them. DRM is bullshit. Um, and. Uh, so, but this is very interesting that Kindle is now supporting EPUB for the first time. Because that's like an opening um, of their ecosystem. The, uh, yes. Yes. Um, the other weird thing, though, is that it's like, okay, well, how are you getting, how are you getting your documents here? How are you doing this? It syncs with the Kindle app only, it oh. seems. So I don't know how useful this actually is. Now I'm is. trying to remember if the Kindle app itself ever supported EPUB. No, it didn't even support sideloading. No, why do I feel like I no? No, I feel like it did. The Kindle app, the app, yeah. the app was very. The app was yeah, very I, closed. I somewhat remember having the app on my phone and sideloading books onto it. I, maybe I'm wrong. You could you could open up um, library files if you use the Kindle link. You know what? Maybe that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you couldn't like put import a Mobi file into the Kindle app. Or I was just converting um, them. I, I this, forgot so the fact means- that I was converting them using Calibre. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is still very interesting that they're now entering this space, but it still seems very closed. And I don't know if I would trust Amazon with my documents. Um, like the way uh, Remarkable works is that uh, they have their own app, which syncs documents from your computer. Um, you just put in your PDFs, EPUBs, documents that way. Uh, and they just recently introduced um, like Google Drive sync and you can just kind of do it that way, too. Um, but yeah, this is the, 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 the method of like locking down documents is quite strange. I would be curious to see how well the their digitizer works and how well the handwriting functionality works, especially because they're making it clear that it says they, like they mentioned all over the place that this is a paper white oh. display. But so how like where's the digitizer layer? Right. Um, so I'm very interested in this. Uh, I'd love to review it, but I, I can't afford the to spend the money. Does Amazon do that thing it. where it's like if you have a website, they'll send you might be uh, maybe I, I tr- yeah, I could try. I tried to do that with um, books. I reached out to them. Um, I was like, hey, I've reviewed some of these tablets before uh, and like I linked to them and I was like, you know, if I'd love to get it because they were just releasing some new units. And I was like, I'd love to, you know, review some of your new readers, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they never they never got back to me. Um, but yeah, th- this is this is quite interesting, uh, and it, it is the first new model since the Oasis. It's been a very long time the since Oasis, they released a new model. That innovation with that was that it can has speakers, right? Was that the big thing? Uh, no, it had Bluetooth, but now I think uh, most of their new uh, readers do. The innovation with that was that it was uh, a larger screen, and it had the the buttons on the side, like 
it was the hands. Uh, it was the asymmetrical design where you could hold it on the Do side. Do they have one that has speakers for audiobooks? I don't believe so. I think oh. they're all Bluetooth. So you have to connect either a speaker oh, okay. or headphones. Um, I'm actually looking here at the the breakdown. Um, yeah, it says audio, Audible via Bluetooth. And it's literally all their Kindles now have Bluetooth. That's cool. Yeah, because audiobooks for me have become such a big part of my reading now. Not quite yeah, equal yeah. to um, just regular reading, but but I do a lot of it. Yeah. What's curious about this one, too, is that it has the as a similar design where it's got the asymmetrical, you know, hold it on the side to the Oasis, but it doesn't have the page turn oh, buttons. Yeah, a lot of people like those. I love them. I I, I, I mm-hmm. think that's a mistake. Um, this the, like the, the problem is, is that like this would not replace my Oasis because um, it's, it's, it's too big. It's too big for reading. Yeah, maybe like if it was one of those color e-ink ones and you could read comic books, that would be a nice right. size for it. But yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Too big for reading. Uh, and I think too small for writing or no 10 inch. I think that's the same as remarkable. It just looks smaller. I don't know why it looks smaller. Um, but yeah, it starts at, uh, let's see, 369. Oh, wait, it starts at 340, uh, but that's only 16 gig. And that's with the basic pen. It looks like this premium pen adds another $20. Well, at least it's not like 100 like Apple. And what's right. Uh, and what's the difference with the pens? Let me see. Oh, the top of the premium pen acts as an eraser. Okay. I don't I don't find that useful. Can't you just I don't know. You hit the yeah. you can hit the tool yeah. and then you just erase. Yeah, I don't find that useful. I thought maybe it would be like a Samsung thing where it has like uh you know how their pens have like special like uh they interact with the screen where like pressure sensitive. You know what you know what I'm saying? Like how they have like um the pen uh-huh. actually reacts to how much pressure you're putting on the screen and it acts like a real pen that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what uh, it does on the remarkable. There's tilt yeah. and pressure sensitivity. Uh, it doesn't say that this has pressure sensitivity or anything. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how good the writing experience would be on this. I'd be very curious to know. Um, but yeah, uh, I doubt anybody really is interested in that. But I, I find this very fascinating as like the biggest ebook player making this kind of jump into kind of into productivity. Yeah, a little it's bit. A step, yeah. Um, Oh, the bi- okay. This this is what I really want to talk about. The biggest thing, though, is that it's backlit, like the paperwhite. Is... Um, and yeah, yeah, like the paperwhite, the Oasis. Uh, I think I think all their Kindles probably are yeah, now, probably actually. even the like the base model has that capability. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They all are. Or I guess it, I guess they're not technically backlit. They're like front lit with the mm-hmm. yeah. But you know what I mean. They have lighting. Um, it's just the amount of LEDs depending on the model. Um, but the remarkable is not. That is the biggest gripe oh. I have. Yeah, that really limits your, you know, the flexibility with where and when you can use it. Yeah, but the trade-off is that it's super fucking thin. It's like the thinnest thinnest yeah. device I have. Um, but yeah, this is this has a light. Um, but yeah, that's I think it's really interesting. Um, we'll see. Maybe I can try to get a review unit. Yeah, that'd that would be, be cool. Pretty cool. I'm interested to see what um, it's like. I actually there's a there's this YouTube channel that does nothing but review and talk about e-readers, which I check out from time to time. Yeah, there's there's one that uh does all the um like uh like tablet ones yeah. that I follow. Um, it's 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 quite a small channel. It really it's is such a niche yeah. thing. It's about as big as you would expect given the 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 subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's such a small like community and it's part of why these event devices are so expensive um is because like the 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 user base is so small um and that's why it makes it fucking difficult to review them they're so Mm -hmm. fucking expensive but if you can get Um, a review up that's you know there are less out there than there would be reviews for other products so it's you know there's a positives and negatives there yes my remarkable review did so well for me oh my god 
Um, by the way, by the way, just quickly, um, remember when I was talking about how I was getting into audiobooks because I like my brain broke or something? I, I saw an Atlantic story a couple weeks ago, and I think I might have a term for what I was talking about. And I do still experience from time to time. I think it might be a fairly mild version of like brain fog, which in oh, the Atlantic okay. story was used in the context of like, this is like a symptom of long COVID. Um, yeah. But to my knowledge, I haven't had COVID. I mean, I, I could have had it and just didn't test at the time or whatever. Whatever, but I've never had like uh-huh. the COVID symptoms or anything. So, so like, um, like what are, what are you experiencing like specifically when you think it's yeah, like this it's fog? just sort of like um, like a fog is a good analogy, like a way of just like just like this makes it harder to like concentrate on whatever is in front of you. In my case, mm, it's usually okay. reading, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I. I, I I feel like that's also like um I know I know that it's being discussed a lot with like COVID and long COVID and you know like lingering effects of pandemic and even even people that haven't had um COVID but just like the adjustment to our fucking daily True. lives and what's been going on um but I I feel like it's all like TikTok. also a symptom of oh like, anxiety, anxiety. I you were gonna well, no, no that no. too yeah <laughs> um. Because I, I feel like, you know, whenever I, I read about my, my mental shit, like even years and years past, um, it would like mention sort of like brain fog and like hard, hard to focus and lack of concentration and shit like that. Um, so, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think you have long COVID. Yeah, I don't right? think so either. Um, it, it's probably related to something else. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. But but that is interesting that you can maybe put like a name on I mean, some of the stuff in this Atlantic story was yeah. flat, like the, the stories from people, flat out like debilitating. And I'm nowhere near that, you know, um, like life sure, altering, sure. like preventing them from doing just daily tasks that they always had no issue, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it could be a right. mild version of it, but I don't know. I just want to mention it because i know i i talked about it somewhat i didn't have the words for it last time like i was struggling to yeah, and i still yeah. am to describe it but that is a possibility yeah it feel it's less frequent now than it was then so right yeah and it's like you know putting 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 a label on something that you're experiencing that may or may yeah. not be the thing and just trying just trying to like just trying to reason or like come up with logic for what what you're so going many symptoms through. can be symptoms for one thing or for something else and right yeah i was following this um, person on tiktok who has uh just an extreme case of i think it's called parosmia the one where everything you eat just tastes like like actual like sewage and like oh, yeah 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 it was a form from i think from her it was it was covid related and just like mm-hmm. over the months just seeing updates that she was giving just like the the physical and mental toll that that took and like all the doctors that really had no no concrete answer for it really insane just like completely debilitating yeah thing that just like ruined her life basically like her ability to function um mm-hmm. yeah that one i can't imagine going through the having yeah it's just brutal yeah yeah like my sister like she lost her sense of smell and then it slowly 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 that's right slowly came back and it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't the same. Um, and she still can't smell Even certain now? things. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and then her taste like changed to a certain degree. Like like she now likes things that oh, she hated man. before. Yeah. Like she like she now eats pepperoni and she hated huh. pepperoni. Hated it. She now um like she now likes things that I like that she hated growing up and as a kid and like even into adulthood. Not just she would not never just eat, like, like pepperoni wasn't thrilled and, about, but actively just avoided and hated. Actively wow. avoided, did not eat. So weird. Would not touch. 
Um, and like now mustard, she like now eats mustard and she never, never would use mustard. Just weird shit like that. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about all the unknown long-term, potentially permanent effects of COVID that people aren't really considering. It's, mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, okay, we have yeah. to <laughs> We have to stop. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sticking it out with us. I don't know what's going to remain in the show or what didn't, <laughs> whatever. Um, really do appreciate it. Uh, I just have a couple notes here. Uh, mentioned it earlier, but check out the VOD of last week's live show. It was a good time. Um, I got some good, <laughs> I got some good feedback on it. It was apparently fun. So that's good. Um, it's up on YouTube and, uh, also on video.denigro.co. Boy, does that eat up my <laughs> bandwidth. Holy shit. Um, another note, I started a Kofi page or coffee. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. If, uh, anyone feels like throwing a dollar our way. Um, I'm not going to be like that dude. Remember that old podcast video we watched like early on when we started doing this about the two dudes like talking about their Patreon for podcasts oh, yeah. no one listens yeah, to? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going to be like annoying about talking about it, um, but it's there. Um, if you think that you enjoyed some of this and you feel like it's worth a dollar, you can just throw a dollar there um, because I made a lot of jokes lately about Ian not getting paid for being here. So hey. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, paid. I always look at it as, as um, a hobby, you know? Right, yeah. right. We're doing this for fun. Um, but I also have a thing where, like, I, like, something's wrong with me where, like, I need to constantly improve. Well, sure. Yeah. Things. Um, and, but unfortunately, like, a lot of times that fucking costs money. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm now putting the, the uncut videos on, um, the website, but, uh, at a certain point, I will run out of data. So then my hosting costs will go up. And so just shit like that. And, um, you know, I, I buy a lot of equipment. Um, I don't really need anything right now, but you know, if there comes a time where like, uh, we really want to get, you know, we really want to pivot to video, you know, um, and, uh, cameras would be a thing, right? Like getting a webcam, uh, shit like that eventually down the road, you know, that's what that'll go towards. Right. So it's there, whatever. I just decided to set it up. Uh, oh, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm talking about it. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, I thought it was just more like a Patreon thing where like people can just like sort of like, you know, hey, here's a dollar. I didn't know they also had a store oh. kind of thing where you could sell mm-hmm. shit that you make. Um, so, yeah. So like publishing stuff is up there. Um, Fred's First Adventure. You can buy it. You can buy the ebook bundles. Um, I still got to put the physical stuff up there. Uh, shipping's the same as it is over on the website. Uh, so if you're more comfortable buying it through that, go ahead. You get the ebook files immediately for download. Uh, DRM free. I don't put DRM in my fucking ebooks because it's bullshit. Um, so yeah, you can you can do that. Uh, and yeah, that's it for that. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead and Road, Facebook.com slash Dead and Road TV, Twitch.tv slash Dead and Road TV, do YouTube search for Dead and Road TV email us anything at all like how we should make the episodes much shorter video at denigroad.co okay we will stop (laughs) bothering you now we will see you next time (laughs) thank you for listening